Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Joff Lacey. And I'm Claire Venice. We're back talking radio. At Church's College in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod with Claire Venice and Joff Lacey. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. This week, we're at Church's College at the Media Skills Development Morning, hosted by Shine Radio. We'll speak to media professionals Richard Gaysford and John Wellsman about their careers and advice for budding radio journalists. We also find out more about a new radio play penned by a local writer, and Susie's Wild Walk comes from her bed. The P stands for Petersfield. It's a lovely area, lovely people, lovely atmosphere. The Peapod. Hello. Morning, Joe. <laughs> Morning, Claire. How are you? All right, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. We're going to start our little crosstalk by apologising for it being a little bit echoey today. It's raining outside, so we've had to come indoors. and We're at churches. And there's a glass roof, and it all seems a bit echoey, so we apologise. Mm. I'm sure it won't put off the great content you're going to hear today. Yeah, let's hope not. Yeah, we'll find out more about good and bad locations for recording audio from John Wellsman, who we were speaking to a bit later on in the Peapod this week. But, Geoff, we're here at another media training day for Shine yes, Radio. and I believe you've brought this one together. Well, along with other members of the team, Kate Fairweather, Stephen Martin, and we've also got Harrison, who's, who's played some audio from Shine. We've got some new faces. It's great that the team's building. But how much work have you put in? How much time has it taken to bring it all together? Oh, you know, a couple of emails, a couple of phone oh, calls. Oh, that's all right. We've had our photos taken professionally. We have. Everyone's looking lovely this morning. They've scrubbed themselves up. Although we're usually behind the mic so you don't see us, it's, uh, you know, it's nice to get some good photos of everybody because, so you can see our faces. Yes, but because you do two shows, you had to change your gear. What's all that about? <laughs> I felt a bit silly, but... <laughs> <laughs> I bought a flowery shirt in for a photo for Growing Together, which is the gardening podcast. I also host... What, the award-winning gardening podcast? I don't know if it's awarding. It's, it's doing all right. It's doing, <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it this year. Um, but yeah, you know, I do want to get it mixed up with the Peapod. That would be weird. So I did have a change of clothes. But I was pleased to say that, that Joff, we didn't even talk about what we were wearing, but we've coordinated... Coordinated. ...in a very sort of nice navy blue well, we've been Yes, we've been going three and a half years, um, and we had to have our photo taken together. That a bit weird, didn't it? Yes, it did. <laughs> because the very first photo, although I am pleased that we're going to have a new photo, because the very first oh. photo we had, we didn't know was going to be used for publicity purposes, did we? No. No. So it'd be nice yeah, to replace that. Yeah, that one that's graced Shine Radio's website for far too long, hasn't it? <laughs> so, yes, looking forward to a new one. But we had our photos done professionally, as I say. You had all the right moves to how to stand. Is that because of your... Um, Acting career in LA. Must have been, Joff. Just natural. Just natural. (laughs) (laughs) We have to say a big thank you, actually, to Tina Knowles, who took everyone's photo this morning. She came here bright and early, and, um, you know, local photographer. Hopefully we'll be having her more involved with the radio station. So, Claire, we had our first get-together at the beginning of March for the radio. Mm -hmm. We've now got our media morning. But we're getting together again. Yes, the first Wednesday of every month. And now going to be Shine Radio Drinks. Um... Open to everybody. So if you're listening to this and you, you think, oh, 
I'd like to get involved. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not too sure about it. Um, Pop along to the townhouse. Come along and say hi. We'll be upstairs from six o'clock for a couple of hours. Uh, Have a drink. There's, you know, it's just going to be a chance for a social. So, you know, we'd love to meet you. Yeah, and I think the real message we're bringing out from today is we love new volunteers, but you are going to get all the training. The team here at Shine Radio have brought together a training programme which you will learn everything before you're thrust behind the mic. Yes, and you never know, you know, you might get involved with a radio play, which I'm really excited to hear because it's written by one of Shine Radio's volunteers. Our actual producer of the Peapod. M. Sefton Smith. So congratulations, M. And voiced by a number of Shine Radio people. Joff, I believe you're involved too. A little bit of acting. I I was the producer. So I learned all my production skills from Dave Bowers, which was great. Dave, who was the instigator behind Shine Radio. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. hello, Dave, down in Yeovil. Hi, Dave. Miss you lots. Well, we would love to hear from you. So if you have a story you'd like us to cover, or would just like to say hi, please get in touch. You can call or WhatsApp us on 01730 or you can send an email to team at shineradio.uk. Coming up, Susie goes for a walk from her bed, and we find out what makes good audio. The P stands for Petersfield. It's like the best town ever. <laughs> the Peapod. We're very lucky that one of the founding members of Shine Radio is ITV's Good Morning's chief correspondent, Richard Gaysford. Richard brings a wealth of radio and presenting experience to Petersfield Shine Radio, and he joins us now. Hello, Richard, how are you? I'm jolly well, so lovely to see you both. And now, you're here this morning to run a workshop on interview skills. A little daunting as Claire and I are about to interview you. What makes a good interview? It's about engaging and listening to the person that you're talking to. It's about having a conversation with them and, and listening to what they say and developing that conversation from there. So many people go into interviews with a list of things they want to ask or they want to say and it's all written down and it's very static and it becomes very dull. What we want is for people to be able to tell their stories through the interviews and for the interviewer to be really engaged with them. And and that's what we've been talking about today. Now, you're on the television. What is the difference between a television interview and a radio interview? So I'm telling stories with pictures on the television. And so the interview remains pretty much the same, except that person appears in vision. But it's the bits that go around it that are different. And so I'm able to create a scene for people that they look at that I don't have to necessarily describe. You guys on the radio are building that visual image in people's minds. And so you're having to put more description in and use the natural sound and the effects that are around to help build that picture for them. Now, Richard, I understand you started in radio, didn't you? How did your career evolve from that I started in hospital radio, which was effectively the only community radio available for a 14-year-old living in Kent. And uh, from there, was very lucky to be able to learn skills, to be able to uh, work out uh, the kind of thing I enjoyed doing, which was talking to people, interviewing people, and also to meet professionals who were helping at the station, uh, who then gave me my first break. And from there, I moved off uh, into television pretty quickly. So in terms of television news, I've been working now since 1992 in TV news. Uh, It's a long time. But the skills we learn through interviews on the radio or television... It helps in real life, in everyday life as well, doesn't it? Of course it does, because if you are feeling confident to be able to go up to people and talk to them about things that 
you know, either they or you weren't prepared for beforehand. You're, you have that skill of breaking down barriers, of listening to people, and really digging into what is an important thing to them. Uh, I think it's a great skill that you can take anywhere. And the confidence to be able to present ideas to people as well. You know, so it's great, yes, you're able to walk into a room, talk to people, to get information from them, and then go off and have the confidence to tell other people about it. Now, you were involved in Shine Radio from the very beginning, and it's evolved over the last few years. Was this what you were hoping for, for it's, a local radio it's station? It's absolutely, and, everything, and a lot more. I've been listening to some clips this morning uh, from the output and from these awards you've been winning as well, which is just wonderful, and it's heartwarming stuff. But it's this idea that we're hearing local voices, people saying what's important to them, and it doesn't have to be something that's massively newsworthy, but it's really interesting. Um, and it's great to get a reflection of what is a very vibrant place to live. You know, there's an awful lot going on. And, and one of the things that's been going on here over the last year is this open doors to Ukrainian families. And um, seeing it in our own village, all around the area, um, Ukrainian families playing a big part now in what is our own community. Um, and I've seen it from all sides because, you know, I'm seeing it happening here in Petersfield and the villages around the events that they're running, the big event that's coming up at churches. But I'm also being in Ukraine a lot as well uh, and, and seeing it from that side too and seeing why they're here and, and what the problems are in their own country. Yes, because how many times have you been out to Ukraine now? So I think I've just come back off my sixth assignment in Ukraine and um, we were there uh, towards the end of February to mark the one-year anniversary. And for you... As a correspondent, you must find yourself in some quite difficult situations in your job. I mean, how do you manage to cope with that? Um, well, the, those difficult situations come in, 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 in different ways. I mean, often, of course, if you're going into a conflict zone, then you know that there's going to be that level of threat and you'll prepare for it. And so if you are thinking constantly about your safety, the safety of your team... Um, you're in a better place. The moment you stop thinking that there's a threat and become complacent is the time that you then come a bit of a cropper. So we, are, uh, we travel with a security advisor into conflict zones and um, we're a really tight-knit team because we have to all be making decisions and thinking the same way. And so that's pretty much how we'll cope with those kind of situations. There are other things that you come across uh, in, in other places, you know, natural disasters, um, earthquakes, tsunamis, you know, cyclones, those kind of things where um, you are constantly thinking on your feet because you may not have anywhere to stay because the hotels have all gone or you're um, constantly thinking of ways of, of telling a story but being able to broadcast because logistically it's hard. There's no internet. There's no um, way of getting your story back. Um, so you're, th th every story comes with a different challenge. Um, but being prepared for it and having experience. I've done 23 years now of this globe trotting. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, you learn all the time, you're banking things in your mind of, of ways around problems that come up. Um, and emotionally, um, I think it can be quite hard. Ukraine's been quite hard, I think, emotionally, because it's a story that just hasn't have an end. Um, so many of the stories we do, we go to for a few weeks and we come back and we may not touch them again for a while. Ukraine is a constant in our lives and seeing that level of destruction and knowing that you've got friends there now and people that you work with, uh, that's a bit tougher. So uh, that needs a bit more work, definitely. You're in the media. Yep. Um, my son has a job 
with the news, covering Portsmouth, and he's on social media a lot. How, as family, do you try and ignore what is said on social media? How does your family cope? What's said about me on social yeah, media? Yeah, or criticism, potential criticism about what you're saying, what you're doing. That I tend to, I tend to generally ignore most things on, that are said about me on my reports on social media, uh, unless they're good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I mean, you know, everyone has an agenda. Some people just like to cause trouble. And that's pretty much what happens on Twitter in particular. People go on there to try and wind you up, to try and get a reaction. And the thing to do is not give them that reaction. Um, I don't think it affects my family, really. I mean, in terms of what people say or think, I mean, most of it generally is quite positive. And I'm not the kind of person that goes out there looking for a reaction. So most of the stuff I tend to post is quite factual. It's things that I've seen. It's things that are happening around me um, that I'm witnessing. And it's not controversial stuff. It's just a reflection of, of my world. I want my social media work just to reflect the job that I'm doing, the things that I'm seeing. Richard, thank you so much for talking to us, spending time with us this morning, and for teaching the workshop earlier on. You've had the most incredible career, and we'd love to find out from you, what advice would you give a budding journalist or someone who's interested in, in either going radio or, or broadcasting? Anybody that's interested in, in finding out more about how the world ticks you know, is a potential journalist, is someone that's willing to go out there and ask questions and have their eyes open to new things and then to want to tell others about it. You know, if, if you've got that in you, even in a small part, then th- th- there's part of you that, that could definitely become a journalist. And, you know, my advice to them is to use, uh, you know, whatever technology that they have in their pocket, which is, you know, a smartphone. And, and from that way, you can start sharing your stories online through social media, you know, through other forums, uh, and then getting involved with projects like this. Because projects like this rely on keen volunteers coming forward, learning new skills. And you both have come on so incredibly in the time that this project has been going. Professional broadcasters now on an award-winning radio station. It's incredible. You know, that's what's happened in that short period of time. And there's so much energy involved in this project and other projects like it where people will help you develop and, and, and learn new skills. So if you have in you this idea that you want to find out more about things and you want to tell others, come along, join a project like this. They'll welcome you with open arms. They'll teach you new things and that will get you on your way to a career. Richard, thanks so Thank much. Thank you both. Great to talk to you and, and stay safe on Thank your Thank you so much and well done you two and everyone here because it's going so well. Susie isn't physically walking this week due to illness but conjures up previous walks in her head. But as if by magic... <laughs> Here I am. As anyone who's had COVID will know, it's so variable once it's gone that, you you know, and I think everyone said relax, but not known for it. And I think you just have to duck and weave as you feel like it. So I managed to walk the other day with rain again and then was in bed the following day. So it's just completely random. But you'd be relieved to hear I'm not currently dripping COVID germs. <laughs> well, that's good, because we're about five yards away from each other. <laughs> <laughs> we should be fine. But I've just come here to say, so here I am, and you know, I know you're going to play my wild walk, and it just gave me such comfort lying in bed. 
sort of, I know Durford Wood so well that I just sort of thought about it because I craved greenery. Well, it's a bit of a different wild walk this week. In fact, there's not much of a walk at all. My producer, John, has urged me to record something. And since since the beginning of the pandemic, I think, I started slightly before that. But I've always shared everything with you. So the walk is actually um, from my bed. And I'm having to lie here with COVID, quite bewildered, actually, um, because I had all my boosters and everything. And I thought the one... The one bonus of age was not maybe getting it. But anyway, I have quite badly. So in fact, the last three days, I've felt really wretched and only managed to sort of cough. (laughs) Um, Just those of you that have had it will know um, it's that terrible headache that just completely polaxed me. It was worse than any migraine I've ever had. And... um, all I wanted really was rain next to me. And poor Richard has also gone down with it. So when you phone in sick and have to do a sort of cough to demonstrate you have it, even though you really do. But the thing that's kept me going, apart from Nurse Rain, um, which has just been the tr- most tremendous comfort. She's never been allowed on a bed before in her life. She couldn't believe her luck. But it was really interesting how obviously she must have been able to smell illness and so the first couple of days she just tucked really close to me and um and was a huge comfort and then I noticed yesterday afternoon she sort of mirrored me instead of being really close as I was feeling a little bit better she went and I looked and she had her head on the pillow next to me because obviously Rich is decamped to another room anyway The point is, what John has urged me to say, is that what has kept me going is thinking about my walks. And I have literally um, revisited my beloved Durford Wood in my head. I have done the walks in their entirety. um, And I found that weirdly comforting. I I can't really think why. But anyway, I hope that in any way, if me actually physically doing them has been of any comfort to you, if you are permanently or temporarily stuck indoors, um, I, I hope it'll be good. One of the things that really frightened me first when I should have known I was going down with this was <coughs> I'd had this cough for ages. Um But then on Sunday, I walked at Chapel Common, which, as you know, I do several times, a week even, sometimes. And um, I got lost four times. I mean, really lost, not one of my following madam off into the undergrowth lost, um, though there was one of those. But it was as if I felt Richard and I went to Cadiz once um, and we went up to the Cinema Obscura. Do I mean that? Like a panopticon thing. Camera obscura, that's it. <clears throat> Where you can look down on people walking in the streets and and they look like ants and you lift them up on a piece of paper and then drop them down somewhere else and you can't believe that they don't know that's just happened to them. Well, I felt as if God had done that to me because I kept on wondering where on earth I was. 
and I had completely gone back on myself and would be walking completely the wrong way down, for example, Hidden Valley. Um, It was all really extraordinary and I was feeling too ill really to be out. But um, at that point, Richard was feeling worse than me. He didn't know he had anything. Well, neither of us did at that point. We just thought we had bad colds. Um, and, And we did. We both tested negative. So... But anyway, he was worse than me. Um, anyway, I'm going to um, I'm going to stop now. But anyway, here I am reporting for duty, and um, sharing with you one of my low points. But as you can hear, I'm definitely on the mend. Another radio expert joining us now at the Media Skills Development Morning is producer John Wellsman, who's been a volunteer at Shine Radio since 2019. John records interviews and edits audio at Shine. You may have also seen him around town with his sight assistant dog, Benji. He's here this morning to teach us how to get the highest quality audio wherever we're recording interviews. Hello, John. How are you? I'm very well, yes. Yes, it's a bit cold this morning. Um, so, uh, you know, I hope the rain will disappear soon. Now, we're talking how to make great audio. Yep. We're in quite an echoey room to record this week. Not people. the best room to record. No. In. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was raining outside and we didn't have the extension lead. No. So we've had to do it in here. Where is the best place to record audio? Well, that's a difficult one because it depends what you're doing. Um, So if you're recording a news item or you're recording actuality or you're on location, um, so there's no simple answer to that one. But I suppose if if we break it down and we want to think about the audience and who's listening, obviously we want the background noise, if it's not key to the whole event to be as quiet as possible so a quiet room with as least amount of reverberation as possible um, possibly the opposite to the room we're in at the moment (laughs) Um, ideally in a nice studio with now soundproofing but a lot of us don't have that so you can go to the nth degree and get sound blankets and things like that but I think in a nice you know generally if I'm doing an interview in a nice quiet place away from noise uh, away from distraction, so um, uh, with, with some soft furnishings, I suppose. But then, if we're outside, again, you know, and there's traffic noise, and there's, say, we're down by the, the down by the lake in Petersfield. There's lots of birds down. Well, that actually can be quite atmospheric. But of course, you don't want to be sat on top of the birds because that becomes a night a nightmare when you when you come to editing or shouting children in the background who suddenly stop halfway through someone's sentence because you've edited out something they've said. So it's, it's quite. I, there's no simple answer to that because it really is dependent on where you're recording and what you're recording. So, so for, for a lot of the volunteers, they're doing a lot of the recording at home. Mm. I've sometimes recorded in the kitchen, which seems quite echoey. So you then go up to the bedroom where there's more furnishings yep. to, to, dull, the, to yep. dull the echoing. Yeah. And it's radio, so no one's going to see what you're doing. So if you're in the bedroom and your wife's still in bed or something else like that, it doesn't really matter because as long as, um, you know, it sounds good and you've got a, you know, you've you've got a good microphone technique, you've learned how to to hold your microphone, you're not moving it around, you're not shaking it, and so it's making lots of rattling noises. Or if you're recording in stereo, as I do quite a lot of the time, suddenly changing the stereo image so suddenly listeners are listening with headphones on and suddenly everyone's reversed where they were before. That can be very distracting. I think it doesn't matter because it's, it's what, what it sounds like, I think. 
It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's something that I wouldn't have even thought about before we started recording the Peapod three and a half years ago. But now it's something I listen out to all the time. And we like to incorporate a bit of atmosphere where we're recording the Peapod. But again, it depends what you're recording and where, and, and where you are. John, how did you start in the radio industry? Right back in the early 80s, I worked on Frimley Park Hospital Radio. Even some of our people who work on Shine Radio today have a Frimley Park Hospital Radio background. Um, did some children's programmes then, went to way uh, to university a little later on, did university radio, freelance for the BBC for a while, for Radio 4 and other things, done some television, produced a programme on commercial radio, uh, plays for the Nomad Theatre in East Horsley up in Surrey, uh, and more recently, lots and lots and lots of podcasts for work for c- corporate uh, stuff, but but uh, again, informative, educational podcasts uh, like we do on Shine Radio. So I currently produce Talking Books and Dogs with Jobs. Now, what is interesting about you, John, is that you have this incredible skill and you're extremely good at editing audio. Thank you. You are partially sighted as to- well. No, totally blind. You're totally blind. I have blind. no sight at all. So how do you manage to edit audio? Well, when I started at the BBC, it was a splicing tape. So you've seen people with these open reel tape recorders where if you made to made an edit, you had to, to wind the tape backwards and forwards and find the splice point, cut it with a razor blade, stick some sticky tape around it to join it to the next piece of tape, which I hated and I was not very good at. So digital audio came along in the mid-1990s and it was the opportunity for me to use my computer, which was, again very early days and and learn how to digitally edit so it's basically sitting on a computer listening to the audio and finding the bits you don't want and chopping them out it's a bit more complex than that but that's in essence how I started back in the 90s and have just developed my skill set ever since to the point today where I suspect it's comparable to what we're doing now using a multi-track editor to uh, different people's voices on different channels and mixing them all together you have I believe trained Gary O'Donoghue as well, who is a correspondent for the yes, BBC. So Gary, yes, Gary, I was, I think, maybe one of the first blind people to use digital editing. So I've trained Gary and a few other people at the BBC. We all work together. And uh, over time, you know, that's become quite a common thing now for uh, vision impaired people to do, you know, podcasting and broadcasting and, and being able to manage it all themselves. That's brilliant. So someone who's thinking about a career in radio, um, behind the scenes or in front of the scenes, it's, it's not an issue. It's not something that's going to be a barrier for them. It's, it's not a barrier. It's challenging. I mean, the, the industry's challenging. I think, you know, the technology's there, and the technology's quite exciting. We're talking about some technology, um, something called 32-bit float recording these days. Now, the, the advantage for that, without getting techy about it for a blind person, is you don't have to try and set your recording levels. For those of you who know, you have to, all these knobs, and you have to make sure that it's not too quiet, not too loud, otherwise it can be distorting or just too hissy well with 32-bit float you can just record and you can adjust that afterwards so it doesn't matter how quiet or loud it is it can be adjusted after the effect so you just get on with what you're recording and worry about the editing later John it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you very much for sharing your career path with us and your constant expertise at Shine Radio my pleasure coming up we hear about a new radio play but first here's our latest Petersphere What's On Guide the Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? There's a talk on how to garden for nature and the climate on Wednesday the 22nd of March from 7.30 until 9pm at Bereton Village Hall. 
This illustrated talk from local ecologist and campaigner Melanie Oxley will appeal to anyone with a garden or even a window box. Admission is free with a retiring collection. On Friday the 24th of March, enjoy folk and modern Ukrainian songs at the Ukrainian Spring Concert at Church's College from 7.30pm. The fundraising concert will be in support of the war in Ukraine, with stories of the Ukrainian evacuee family interviewed by Hugh Bonneville. Hala Baluni Moontime Children's Theatre comes to the Phoenix Theatre and Arts Centre in Borden on Sunday the 25th of March from 2.30pm. Tickets are £5 and more details can be found on the theatre's website. And don't forget, it's Petersfield's first seed swap on Sunday the 26th of March from 4 to 6pm at the Half Moon in Sheep. Find seeds to swap as well as lots of local gardening information and inspiration from local organisations. The seed swap is free to attend. If you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. Available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You can listen to a new episode of The Drinking Programme. This month, wine enthusiast Phil and Max talk beer, whiskey and bring you their grape of the month. To listen to The Drinking Programme and more, go to shineradio.uk, bringing you also a great mix of music and local information. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. Our Peapod editor, M. Sefton Smith, graduated with a music degree and during her final year at university also wrote a radio play, which will be broadcast soon on Shine Radio. The comedic tale tells the story of a recently deceased woman who finds herself in afterlife turmoil on Mount Olympus. Joff met up with M and director Laura Shepherd during the recording of the play. This is Laura from Petersfield's Shine Radio and I'm here today with the Shine Radio players. So we are recording a radio play this afternoon which has been written by M Sefton-Smith. You may have seen M's name in the credits for our weekly magazine programme, The Peapod, because Em does the editing for that. And during lockdown, Em wrote a radio play. Hello, Em. Hello, Laura. Tell us about the radio play. Uh, it is a fever dream born out of COVID and university woes. <laughs> it yeah, was... You're not really selling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> um, I've, I've always loved radio comedy and I always wanted to write one. Um, and I got the opportunity to write one, and um, I, I must admit it's a little bit of a fever dream, dreamt up by The Goon Show and um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, so I can only apologise for the sense of humour. It's rather <laughs> warped. I must just apologise for some random singing in the background. That is actually Rob Shepherd, who is practising the song that he's going to be singing in the character of Einstein. Yes, it's that kind of play. Let's meet some of the cast. Uh, another Shine Radio voice you will recognise is that of Phil Humphreys. Hello, Phil. Good afternoon, Laura. Phil, tell us what you're doing in the play this afternoon. I am playing the mighty Zeus. Not humming that up whatsoever. Not at all, not in the least, no. <laughs> Excellent. And how are you enjoying it so far? Oh, it's wonderful! <laughs> Gives me a chance to roll out my Brian Blessed voice. Gordon's <laughs> alive! <laughs> Let's meet some of the rest of the cast now. Hello, Laura. I'm Steve Shepherd. Oh, I'm playing Bark and Aristotle, not two names you normally hear in the same sentence, I suspect. And do you have to do accents for them? I probably do, yes. <laughs> you probably do. I probably do. But are you? <laughs> I was thinking Scottish and Australian. Does that help? Yeah, that would work. Yeah, yeah. that's totally fine. Hi, I'm Mary Brudder. I'm playing Saf. 
She is someone who has unfortunately just died in a car accident, which Sorry, is... did you say this was a comedy M? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit dark, but like once you get into it, it's really funny. So oh, <laughs> there is light to the situation, <laughs> thankfully. Hi, I'm Kat Wooten. Uh, so I'm playing uh, a woman, a mourner, uh, Elizabeth I, which should be fun, and Hera. Oh, have you been practicing your Elizabeth the First voice? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what better to say that? <laughs> so when radio plays are usually recorded, they're usually recorded in a day with a bit of rehearsal beforehand, and that's literally how we're doing it. And we're doing it as we go along. <laughs> and we'll also be doing some of the sound effects as well ourselves. Hi, Laura. Um, I'm Charlie Essex. Okay. Uh, I'm playing Dylan Thomas with a Welsh accent and also Dionysus and Hermes or Hermes I don't know what's I the pronunciation I think it's Hermes Hermes yeah there you go yeah <laughs> it's uh, every now so yeah <laughs> have you done a radio play before Charlie uh, I have yeah um, they're, like you said they're all done in one day and it's quite interesting doing it with a room full of people as well because um, you actually get to react to people rather than just doing it by yourself in a booth which is really good my name's Jack May and I am playing Ares and Shakespeare. Any plans for how you're going to be reading these voices? Well, I was, yeah, I was thinking Shakespeare might be northern for a change. I am Rob and I am playing Einstein, Noel Coward, Odin and Genghis Khan. <laughs> That's what a, have I that is such a random collection of characters. Now I am very intrigued. I'm How, used. I'm used okay. to playing random characters. You are. How are you going to distinguish between each of the different characters? Mainly through accents and vocal intonation. Good. Well done. That's what I like to hear. Uh, the final member of the cast is a voice that you are very, very familiar with. It is Joff Lacey from the Peapod. Hello, Joff. Hello, Laura. How are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Tell us what you're doing, Joff. Well, I'm, I'm producing. You are? As we're going along, which is fun. Um, I'm also playing God. Of course. Thank you very much. Um, man and whiny man. Angry man and any other type of man you need. So just all of the just, men? Just all of the men. Excellent. Well done. Thank you very much, Geoff. My pleasure, Laura. So, Laura, you're directing the play today. How long has it taken to bring this all together? It has taken a very, very long time. So when I first met M for a coffee, I was very excited to be doing a radio play for Shine Radio. But what I found is that, um, first of all, I was quite busy doing lots of theatre. Uh, and so was everybody else who's an actor. And it was really difficult getting 10 people free at the same time. So months went by trying to get coinciding dates. And eventually we did pick a date or two, which couldn't happen for various reasons. Then we had a very, very definite date that also didn't happen because a couple of people were ill and at last we're doing it. I'm, yeah, as well as directing it, I'm now also playing one of the roles which I'm quite sad about because we had a very good actor uh, playing the role that I'm reading for. But uh, yeah, here we are at last, we're doing it. Didn't want to postpone it again. So you direct, you've directed plays in the theatre. What's the difference between a radio play and the theatre? Um, Really, when you're doing a radio play, you're only listening. You just want to listen to how people are producing their voices. You're not interested in what they're doing with their bodies, gesture, face. You're only interested in what's happening with their voice. You're, you want to make sure that there are vocal dynamics in the shaping of the scenes, that the characters, when a, an actor is playing more than one character, is distinguishing between uh, the characters that they're playing. I'm going to call M back over. Greetings. Good greetings. <laughs> so, we're recording all this in one afternoon. 
you've got sound effects to add and editing. And We're, music. And music. I'm writing all the music. There's a lot more music in here than I realised when I first wrote it. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting to regret that decision. So when, when can we listen to this on Shine Radio? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. Good we haven't answer. figured that one out yet. We're not going to be waiting another year and four months since God we first no. got together. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely, definitely not. Um, Laura, thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. We'll make sure to update you on when the radio play will be broadcast. And so we come to the end of this week's Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to our guests, Richard Gaseford, John Wellsman, the radio play crew, Susie Wilde, and our editor, M. Sefton Smith, as well as to the Shine Radio team. So from Joff and I this week, bye. bye! Evacuees from Ukraine are dreaming of peace. Now you can support them at a live musical event in Petersfield. Enjoy traditional and modern Ukrainian performances from the Two Colours Women's Choir. See Hugh Bonneville interview a local Ukrainian family and help raise funds for an armoured evacuation vehicle to help save lives in Ukraine. The Ukrainian Spring Concert takes place at Church's College on Friday the 24th of March. Tickets are on sale now. See shineradio.uk forward slash events for details or search Petersfield Ukraine on Ticket Source.